Hey folks, it's Basil from the Awesome Cast, not the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast. What's up with that, you say? Well, MTech Omega's what's up. It was an amazing convention. At some point, we'll post our joint review of it. But, speaking of joint things, we decided to join up to do this wonderful interview with a wonderful guest. Because they found this guy who was such an amazing, good-looking, and wonderful person to be around, everyone, of course, wanted to interview him. Because, I mean, come on. So we decided we'd cheat, we'd team up. We would combine our segments for 20 minutes instead of just 10. But then, I discovered at the very beginning of this podcast, they cheated on us. Double-crossed us with a triple hook and a left, right, and a, and a zinger. No. He goes, he goes, oh man, Chance Buffet. That's such an interesting name. I can't believe how interesting it is. It's amazing. You are champions of name design. Not, oh, Chance Buffet Podcast and the Awesome Cast. These are both very interesting names. I am proud to be interviewed by both of you. No, no, no. Just all Chainsaw. No, no Chainsaw Awesome Buffet cast or awesome chainsaw buffet cast or cast of awesomely chainsaw buffets. None of that. It's just just chainsaw. Just chainsaw buffet. Not that I'm bitter. Bitter at all. The guest is Richard Epcar, an amazing man. You probably know as Pateau from Ghost in the Shell, but I guarantee you he's done a zillion other things. Amazing things. You should listen to all the things. But first, listen to this. It doesn't. Chainsaw buffet. That's an interesting. Uh... Yeah. I don't know if I'd eat it at that place. Though. No, no, I wouldn't recommend it. It yeah. doesn't. <laughs> we literally bought a bunch of different domains, and we ended up using one, and it just kind of, hey, but let's do a podcast. It's catchy. I must yeah. say it's catchy. Well, and, and since we don't cover any one topic, it kind of makes a little more sense. Sure. We're just kind of all over the place. But um, yeah. um Your website says you have a, uh, a BFA in Performing Arts from the University of Arizona. That's so true. you've, I mean, you've... Obviously trained at least since college. When, how, at what point in your life did you decide that that acting was going to be, or the stage? I mean, you know. Well, you know, it's funny. I uh, I think as a as a kid, I kind of knew I always wanted to be an actor, and uh, I uh, my mom died when I was fifteen, and my sister took me to see Goldfinger when I was fifteen, and. Uh, that kind of changed my life when I saw that. I said, I'm either going to be a secret agent or an actor. So thankfully, I became an actor. <laughs> and uh, and I'm just, I'm glad I did. And my my dad remarried and my stepmom tried to push me into another direction. She said, oh, you know, that's a, a very tough business to go into. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So I went when I first went to the University of Arizona, I signed up to be uh, in commercial art. The art department was right next to the drama department. So one day I was going to class, and they had a sign there that said uh, auditions for the Crucible. So I went in there, and I auditioned, and I got the lead, uh, John Proctor in the Crucible. And then uh, the dean of the drama department called me over and said, I want you to come to my office. So I said, okay. He said, I want to put you on full drama scholarship. I said, what does that mean? He said, we're going to pay for everything, tuition, your school, everything. I said, Okay. So he said, he said, but you have to change your major. I said, okay. So I changed my major. I became a, which I, that's what I wanted to be anyway. So, you know, it was almost like divine providence, to be honest with you. It kind of pushed me over there. Uh, and I had the lead in many of the shows over there. I got my SAG card in a TV series called Petrocelli that they were filming in Tucson. And uh, um, I did a bunch of commercials and, uh, and then, uh, you know, went to L.A. to seek my fame and fortune. So. Commercial art, then you're also an artist. I I was, yeah. I don't. I haven't done much of it lately, to be honest with you. But I do like. I did like to draw, and I have a good idea, a uh, good eye. But I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, there's no way I could compete with these guys out there now. I mean, they're just too good, and 
you know, I'm much better at what I do now, and I picked the right thing. <laughs> so, um, what have been some of the more interesting challenges in being in either voice acting or directing voice actors? Um, well, you know, the way that I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. The way I went from from that to how I got into all this voice stuff was when I came out to L.A. I basically sold my drum set and had 300 mm-hmm. bucks in my pocket. Didn't know anybody, so I drove out to L.A. And, uh, I, uh, I was taking my trash out one day at, at my apartment complex and I ran into a, a old buddy of mine and I said, where are you going today? I had like nothing going on. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to go to an audition at a theater company. I said, well, you mind if I tag along? So I tagged along with him and it's one of those weird things in life that had I been five minutes later or five minutes earlier, I would have missed him and never done this thing. So I went with him to this theater and auditioned, and I got a, a contract with this. It was a repertory theater, and Ellen was in the theater group. So that's how I met her, but she was dating somebody else at the time. But anyway, finally got to be with her because I liked her, and uh, uh, she was doing a little movie, a low-budget movie, and the guys who were doing the movie had another movie they did, they were doing, and they didn't like the actors in it, so they wanted to replace the voices. So she said, can I bring my uh, my boyfriend to the audition? And they said, sure. So the guy said to me, have you ever done this before? I said, oh, yeah, I've done it a million times, but I'd never done it before in my life. So I went in, and uh, and I'm also a drummer, and there's a real rhythm to dubbing especially. There's a rhythm, mm-hmm. and a, you know, so I got in the combination of being a drummer and actor, I think it really took to it like a duck to water, and I got the lead in that. And from that, he started offering me other jobs, and I started doing that. And from that, I eventually, we made our way to Robotech. And then just from Robotech, we got into all of this anime stuff. It was just crazy. We just, like, started working like crazy in all these anime shows. So, and that's basically how it happened. And same thing with the directing. I was at some studio, and the guy says, have you, you know, done this before? Have you directed and adapted before? I said, oh, sure. I've done it a million times. Never did it before in my life. And they gave me this uh, this feature from Hungary, which was a beautiful feature. It was like Disney-esque, really beautifully done. And uh, so I directed theater, and you know I've written stuff. So I said, "How hard could it be?" You know. And so I I I took it, and I said, "Do you mind if we throw away the translation because it was all about the economical uh, political scene in Hungary?" I said, "I don't think the kids are going to be too hip on this deal." So I said, "Can I take it, throw it away, and just you know put jokes and stuff in there?" And they said, "Sure." So I did that, and they loved it. And then they had a big series, uh, Swiss Family Robinson, which I did for the Family Channel, and it just from there, I just went on and on and on, and did all kinds of stuff, and did Academy Award winning films, foreign films in English, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, Cinema Paradiso. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown. All those movies, we we just we have a company called Epcar Entertainment, my wife and myself, and we do a lot of foreign films in English. We do a lot of animation. We do games. So that's how that all that stuff came about. Yeah, just looking through your your resume on on your site, I just I the first thing that struck me is, what do you ask the man that's done everything? I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've done everything. But. It took forever to get to the bottom of the list. It just kept going. <laughs> and you going. know, it's, I've got to update it. There's about 100 titles I haven't put on there yet. I noticed a lot of them said, you know, partialism. What? <laughs> yes, yes, it is a partial list. <laughs> I've been, you know what, uh, I've been very fortunate and very blessed. I get, like I said, I get to do what I love to do and get paid for it and make a living at it. And not a lot of people can say that. So a lot True. of people hate their jobs and can't, you know, can't stand going to work. I always look forward to going to work. I always have fun. We always laugh and have a great time. And then I get paid. So it's a, it's a, it's a win-win, you but, know. But international ADR supervisor for the Hebrew dub of Chicken Run. Yes. How, how do you do that? How freaking weird is that? 
And while I was over there, they said, oh, my God, you got a great voice. Do you do voice work? I said, sure. And they said, well, we're looking for some voice guys. So I actually, if you go to Israel and you go to the Masada and you put on the headphones, you'll hear Bateau giving a description of the Masada. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and they had me do a bunch of other stuff. There's a few other jobs they had me do while I was over there. It was great. So. <laughs> I was actually I was going to call Ellen and say I'm going to stay over here for a few months because they said oh we got a, we got a ton of work for you and they paid really well I said oh I should stay here but anyway um, I was as a result of all my uh, writing and directing of ADR and the different movies that I had been involved with and and all of this stuff I basically was asked by DreamWorks and Universal Pictures to supervise for them overseas for their various uh, we did Gladiator we did Galaxy Quest Chicken Run El Dorado. Um, I know I'm leaving something out, uh, Madagascar. Uh, so we did a bunch of these shows, and it was it was a really fun time in my life because I was basically one year I was in Europe for six months. I went everywhere, and then another year I was there for three months going everywhere. Ellen hated it because I was never home, but I had a blast because I got to go everywhere. I was treated like a king. They put me up in five-star hotels and flew me first class, so what's not to like? But the thing that I didn't like was... I was there basically, I, I felt like the Admiral watching the captain pilot the ship when I wanted to be piloting the ship, or at least running the ship. So I uh, I really loved it. I loved the travel because I hadn't been out of the United States, so for me to see all this other part of the world was fantastic. And uh, I had a great time doing it, but I really wanted to get back in the booth. I wanted to be an actor again. I wanted to be a director again. So, so that's uh, what happened with that. But, yeah, it was a great experience. I'm really, really happy it happened. But yeah, it, chicken run in Hebrew was kind of bizarre. I'll tell you. <laughs> kind of bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but okay. <laughs> out of the voice, out of the characters you've done, which character, what two characters would be the best drinking buddies? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question. I would love to drink with Jigen. I think he would be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, he uh, he has this just this really dry sense of humor, and I like him. And he's just kind of a no nonsense kind of guy. And I think he'd be a good drinking buddy. I want to say Bateau, too. He probably Bateau would be good, too. Two of those guys would be kind of awesome. But uh, I see you have a Transformer shirt on. I've yeah. had a lot of history with Transformers also. I, I wrote about a third of Robots in Disguise, the series, and I mm-hmm. played Armorhide in that series. And I'm also Skywarp in the new War for Cybertron game. So yeah. it was really exciting for me to be back part of the Transformer family because I you know, love being part of that. Because that, that was a show that I watched when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. so... That's always kind of cool when you can see something as a kid and then be part of it, you know. Yeah, I was going, while well, going, like, down your voice list, it's like one point, then you hit a bunch of Power Rangers monsters, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of Power Rangers, and I also directed a lot of yes. uh, ADR for Power Rangers, too. So, hmm. yeah, that was fun, interesting. And all their shows, that they did VR Troopers, mm-hmm. Beetleborgs, all those crazy shows. A lot of ADR involved in those. Shows. Yes, yeah. That's... That just blows my mind. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's one of those things where I, it, it occurred to me that it seemed, and this may just be my mindset that you that that you don't get necessarily the credit. Mm, that's true. That you just, <laughs> yeah, you're, no, you're right. I mean, a lot of times I'm not even credited in some of this stuff. So, well, because yeah. there, there are a lot of voice actors that that get a whole that get a whole lot of attention and credit, but. It you done a lot just, less work, yeah. Yeah, you're just in. So, there's so much that would not have worked without you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So it just. That's I keep very thinking, kind of you. Thank you. Like, why are people not talking about you? Yeah, I mean, talk about me, you bastards. Exactly. 
I mean, you're literally in everything. Everyone has heard you. Hey, yeah, well, that's I, nice, yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that, was, especially when I come to these conventions, the thing that people always say, oh, I didn't know you are in that. Oh, I didn't know you are in that. Whatever you say, it's like, you know, I'm in Bleach. I'm in Digimon. I'm in, you know, all these things. Oh, I didn't know. I'm in Naruto. I didn't know you were in that. It's like, you know, all these things I name. And they go, yeah, that's what they always say. I didn't know you were in that. Kinda, you, I have realized that I I have heard you in so many things. I mean, <laughs> even going back to Robotech. And you yeah. do have a kind of a distinctive voice. You are a lot of times, you're not a lot of times the lead character, though. Yeah. You're often like the... The ca- the character character or the villain or yeah that's true I mean but uh, more and more I am the lead the I, support I, characters but, yeah, yeah more and more I am the lead guy though which is which is good I like that but I you know what I don't have a problem with playing characters I love I I am a character actor really and I love playing characters they're the fun ones you know yeah. but uh, uh, yeah it just depends I mean this new game I'm working on I can't talk about unfortunately. But it's really fun, and I play kind of like the Hannibal character from the A-Team. I'm the guy who's the head of the team, and I'm telling him what to do. And it's really, it's a great, I'm just enjoying the hell out of this. And I think this is really like a, a perfect fit for me, And you know. But, yeah, I do have a distinctive voice, and I do play a lot of characters that sound similar. But then there's characters like the Joker that I do that doesn't sound anything like me. Or our, uh, our Inspector Lungay on uh, Monster that doesn't sound anything like me. And there's a lot of characters that go, I had no idea that was you. And that, for me, I love hearing that. I love when people say, I had no idea that was you. Because then I'm so different as that character that they don't even recognize my voice. So that's kind of fun, too. So really it's just showing that that it just kind of proves the range, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 more of being an actor in many ways. And, you know, because there are voice actors that are very good, but they basically do the same voice in yeah. every single thing, you know. And those guys, I'm not taking anything away yeah. from them. They're really good, but... There are but, some of those voice on your resume, it's like, I had no idea that was him. Yeah, see? And that's, I mean, you know... I like that. And, and the older I get and the more I've done this, the more I, I'm... I'm wanting to do more things like that just because it's more challenging and i've done this for so many years where i've just played the you know the my straight voice or whatever and it's great and i haven't i I love doing it i have nothing against it it's always fun to do it but it's always fun too to do something that's completely out of your you know comfort zone or something that's just real different do you have a favorite line from your characters any character or well, there's one line Bato says in the original movie that's really funny. He goes, uh, you stupid dickhead, you don't even know your own name. And I just love that line. I said, <laughs> when I said that line, I said, this is going to be a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we caught part of the, the anime outtakes mm-hmm. panel that you did. Have yeah. you, have did you, you see it? I got, we, got, we caught like the last maybe 15 minutes. Oh, you missed all the uh, Lupin and the Bobo Bo stuff, yeah. We can't, yeah, we can't they actually cut me off because I had two more reels <laughs> of uh, knowing, but they came in and they said, we've got another panel coming in, so I had to cut it short, unfortunately. Have you have you done that panel a number of times? Yeah, or? I have. That is... It's that, always a huge hit. People how, love that panel. How do you, I mean, like, how do you get the out... I mean, obviously you have access to the outtakes, but I mean, what... Because it doesn't seem to me it's something that, that most places would save, necessarily. Well, here's what happened. Um, <laughs> we did it with Lupin. We started, I kind of started this whole outtake thing. Uh, we did it with Lupin, and, you know, we, were, we always come up with some crazy stuff. We like to laugh, you know. And you're stuck in a dark booth for hours and hours a day, so you got to have some fun, right? So we're in there, and I would, I would come up with some stuff, and then I would 
tell the guys what to say. You know, like a lot of stuff would be me saying, say this and this, and I would record it. And a lot of times we play it to try to crack up the actors coming in after them. You know, that was, that's how a lot of this stuff started. We just to crack up the guy and say, oh, we're going to play the your leading line for you. And then, you know, and then just say something really crazy, you know. So a lot of that stuff came from that. And then one day the producers came to the studio and I said, I, we've got some tracks we want to play for you guys. And I thought, they're either going to fire me or they're going to love it. And thankfully, they loved it. They were <laughs> laughing their asses off. And they said, and, I, and this was unexpected. They said, okay, we love it. We want you to do more of this stuff. I said, okay. And they, they said, we want you to write more and put it into every episode. I said, okay, great. Are you going to be paying me more? No, we're not going to be paying you anymore, but we want you to do a lot more. So I basically <laughs> just created a whole bunch more work for myself and didn't get paid for it. But we have a lot of fun and we laugh. So some of that stuff is from there. And you're right. I mean, we had one studio. We had so much stuff. That was hilarious, and the the head of the studio guy came in and just cleaned everything oh. off, and it was like, oh, I was so sad because we had such great stuff on there, and just it's lost now forever. And that's one of my favorite things when watching an anime is on the DVDs when they have the out uh, section because so few do. Well, that's and what I'm saying. I started that whole thing. I I can't. I mean, I've watched like the Veroni Kenshin outtakes over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, there. The Samurai X ones were even better. Oh, really? Yes. Because I worked on that show. I, I co-directed that show. And then I played, uh, what's his name? He was the, uh, Umura? Is that his name? The guy who was the, uh, he was the aide to, uh, not Sanosuke. It's so hard, like I said, I've done over 400 characters. Yeah. But the, the guy who was wrapped like the mummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was his assistant. I played him in that, and I co-directed, and I wrote a bunch of those shows. And then they basically... Kenshin's the same exact series. They just redone it again. And then mm-hmm. I played Hiko in that one. I played the master in, in Kenshin. Oh, yeah. So, which was good. I, I actually uh, should have played the master in the first one, but I didn't for some reason. But it all worked out. Yeah. So, another somewhat silly question. Although you have been involved in a lot of shows involving giant robots, <laughs> what show that didn't have them would most benefit from giant robots? Mm. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. I a show didn't have giant robots, but could use giant robots. Kind of an awesome cast standard question, but <laughs> mm. well, I don't know. That's a that's a that is a that's a tough one. I never really thought about that before. To tell you the truth, um, I'm trying to think of some of the shows because a lot of them do. I mean, yeah. Robotech has uh, robots, and uh, Ghost in the Shell has robots. And, uh, Lupin doesn't have robots. Maybe a, a robot in Lupin would be helpful. <laughs> That would be interesting. Yes, have a giant robot in a loop. I think maybe Zenigata could get control of a giant robot and try to chase <laughs> loop on down, and that might be interesting to see how they get on that one. Are you listening in Japan? <laughs> Goyamon would probably just pull out his, his sword and cut the legs off. So, yeah. True. Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's an interesting question. I never really thought of that before. Under the uh, on the talents portion of your of your site, you mentioned some martial arts and stage combat. Yeah, which ones? <laughs> well, limited, and as I get older, much less. But uh, you know, I mean, there's there's times when you're you're doing shows. Uh, uh, you know, I did I did do a lot of television and film as well, and uh, commercials. And I actually I have the lead in a new movie that's coming out called Broken Spirits, mm-hmm. which hopefully will be out in the fall uh, or. Uh, they keep pushing it back because it's got special effects and stuff, so it's taking longer, I think, than they thought it would. But uh, hopefully it'll be out in the fall. 
and I'm I'm really hoping we get a theatrical release uh, with it. Um, but you never know with this stuff, you know. And uh, I had to do a little little fighting and you know some tumbling and stuff like that. And you know, basically, they just want to know you can do some of that stuff. And uh, I've had to do some fighting and stuff in films, and you know, limited, nothing, nothing really, nothing like uh, you know Jason had to do, but uh, but yeah, some of that stuff, you know. Cool. The scariest thing I ever did, I had to do a uh, Oldsmobile commercial one time, <laughs> and that was oh really God. scary because it wasn't for martial arts or any reason, but it was, uh, for some reason, these guys uh, saw me and wanted to hire me for this thing, and they put me on this fake crate that had this had this huge, huge box crate that I was on top of, and basically, I only had like a foot to step on, and if I stepped either direction, I'd go right through the crate, and then they lifted it up by a crane way up in the sky, and it, and then... And the thing was, I was supposed to lift it off of the ship, put it on the dock, and I'm riding it the whole time. And then I jump off, and I take this big crowbar and open it up, and this new Oldsmobile rolls out of it. So it's pretty cool. But the whole time we're shooting this, the director keeps going, higher, 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 you know, and they're, like, lifting me up and lifting me up, and the, and the people are looking like ants down there. And I'm thinking, I have, like, a foot to step either way. And, and I've got this cable on my back. I'm going, if I fall through, the cable's going to snap my back in half. And that was really terrifying, i got to tell you. The whole time I was up there, I was going, oh, my God. This is awful. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, we get the, the... We're out of time. Uh, oh, we just started. Fastest That's no 20 fun. minutes ever. Yes. Wow. So if you like what you heard, uh, make sure you talk to MTAC and, and, and get Mr. Epcar back. Yeah. Get Mr. Epcar back. Yeah. Every year. That? Every year. Every yeah. year from now until... As long as he wants ever. to keep doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, hopefully this has been a whirlwind because we, we came in... Uh, Early Saturday morning, and we're leaving in just a couple hours now. So it's just kind of in and out burger. But uh, hopefully, we'll we'll be able to spend more time next time. Really great meeting you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for to ask all your questions. Yes. All right. We only scratched the surface. We're going to have to get you back. Well, we'll have to do it again, right? Exactly. All right. Charlie, Kevin, Dylan, mm-hmm. and, and Richard. We're here with Together, Richard. we're the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs>